lovely city of Dharamshala. We donned our orange marla necklaces and boarded a long bus trip across the Himalayas to the region of Manali, a place regarded as among the most sacred in the entire world, home to the Valley of the Gods, and where you'll also find the endless fields of marijuana that have created a brand of hashish so famous it can be found from here to Amsterdam. To pass the time, the gang pre-rolled what had to be in excess of a dozen long paper joints and proceeded to get as stoned as a student protester in Iran. As a two-time Gold Cone Piece award-winning surf journalist, I was well accustomed to a soaked set of cannabinoid receptors. But this was another fucking level. Too much, if I'm to be totally honest. And myself and Jimmy saw the writing on the wall and decided it was time to fucking chill on the chillums. Tell you what probably isn't prescribed by the Dalai Lama, and that's fucking Toller's worth of uh, Manali cream hashish. Uh, (laughs) What did you learn about this substance uh, along the journey? Oh, it was a... um yeah, it was a, a double-edged sword. Like, it's very, um, very enjoyable. Like, obviously, you know, doing hikes and taking in the scenery and having having yarns with all the, um, you know, your new friends. It, it kind of was a real en- enhancement to that on the one hand. But then on the flip side, like, obviously, you've got to roll a fair pack a fair bit of tobacco into those joints to get them to to burn and um yeah that mixed with altitude mixed with coffee and yeah it it definitely is not a performance enhancing uh substance is it yeah that's well said yeah all things in balance i think uh, i think we both learned that when overindulged in it's it's kind of like a wet blanket on your mood and energy levels mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it really becomes quite a drag and, and ultimately takes away from the experience and gets in the way of yeah just generating that that buddha nature that christ consciousness that that good energy that it enables you to you know show up for the people around you and and be a decent person um exactly man yeah but it exactly. does. There is a time and a place for it, and, and when used in moderation, it has a immeasurable benefits. Like you know, like you said, being on the mountain top after that grueling walk uh, with a full moon and the fire going and a bit oh, of tea yeah. and a sore body. Like you know, it, it is amazing in situations like that. Um, so it, it has its place, yeah. and it was what a rad thing to, to go to a part of the world where marijuana is growing like a literal weed. <laughs> it's fucking everywhere. Oh, it was mind blowing, hey. As abundant as our beloved sacred herb was, it remains firmly illegal in India as the world continues to grapple with the hangover from that fucking grub Nixon's war on drugs back in 1971. Fuck you, Nixon. Hope you get the light, you mutt. For many Indians and tourists, doing a hash run from Manali further south to somewhere like Doha is a very lucrative business, with bricks going for 10 or 20 times the amount in other parts of India. But don't get any ideas, Swellians. The local wallopers, 
We're all over it. That's the sound of the police. We had a bit of a run-in with the, the police on the way back from uh, Manali. We we kind of stopped up in the minibus in some traffic and Poochie went to jump off and take a piss and um, there was some coppers standing right beside the car and then he can't, we started to move again and he changed his mind and tried to pull back into the bus and the kind of the, the cop the cops looked at him and they were like, oh, that's a bit sus. So they come over and knocked on the window and, and they come onto the bus and wanted to search our bags. And, um, yeah, it was a full, like, banged up abroad sort of moment. Hey, we're all shitting ourselves. But um, Bunny kind of luckily, like, talked talked to the cops and they, they, left us, they just left us be. Back in the Valley of the Gods, and the gang boards some open-air jeeps for a long, winding journey into Spitty Valley, a.k.a. Little Tibet. For centuries, this insanely picturesque, though harsh, region of the Indian Himalayas was actually part of Tibet and remains home to a predominantly Tibetan population today, along with countless ancient monasteries filled with monks doing what they've been doing for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. That is, chanting, praying, meditating, and generally being mad, enlightened cunts. That's where we were headed. After winding around impossible ravines in the shadow of ego-dissolving, somewhat psychedelic snow-capped mountains, we arrived at the most kettleish of monasteries, just beneath the snow line. We filed in and meditated as a group among ornate Tibetan instruments, scrolls and artworks, while four non-caring monks chanted for hours like they do every other day. It was mad. Taylor Kitts takes up the story. Oh, yeah, that was, that was amazing. That was, um, we had, what, like two Jeeps? Um, and we went up, I was like, yeah, two hour drive, went up, um, this at the end was this super windy sort of narrow mountain road, a little bit sketchy at times, some cliff drop offs. Um, and yeah, we get to near the top of the mountain and there's it's like there's nothing around and then all of a sudden it's like this beautiful little monastery and um, the monks there are just doing their thing they're doing some um, some chanting and we just sort of got to pop in and sit with them for a bit and do a little practice then we ascended to just beneath the snow line on the mountain top and blew our fucking heads off with one of the most skits group hoff sessions of all time. It was awesome. <laughs> that was a highlight, actually. I think that one felt especially magical because, like, A, I just was kind of tripping out that I was at a Tibetan Buddhist monastery in the mountains. And then, so there's that kind of, um, like, magic to it. And then... We had the like endorphins going from getting up the mountain. And then, um, yeah, it was like kind of like a spontaneous hop. We were all up there and we're like, should we hop right now? Hop 
high on our own supply with nearly two weeks worth of hardcore spiritual practice under our belts, we set sail for our final and most gruelling challenge, summiting the Shandarakani Pass. This set of mountains is among the most sacred parts of India and our pilgrimage to the top happened to coincide with a local full moon religious festival in which pilgrims would journey to monuments located high up in the snow line to perform prayers and ceremonies. Bunny's family lived in mountain huts at the base of the Shandakani Pass. From there, it would be a steep 10-hour trek through magical forests full of fruit and herbs, then up above the tree line and into the clouds and mountains. From there, you would stare down long corridors of ancient snow-capped peaks, forests and villages. Magic. But also incredibly fucking gruelling. Fuck me sideways, we suffered. Are you kidding me? Christy likened the experience to childbirth. <laughs> I said it was on par. <laughs> and it and it was. It was it was obviously it was totally different. God, people will hear that and be like, what kind of woman are you? <laughs> if that wasn't enough, at the start of the trip we'd made a pledge to rid the Himalayas of as much plastic as possible. No properly spiritual pilgrimage is complete without a healthy portion of thankless service. And this was our way of giving back. On the several smaller treks we'd done up until now, we'd taken turns carrying a giant sack filled with the petrochemical detritus we'd collected along the way. And we weren't about to abandon our mission now. We powered up on Hoth in Bunny's village, loaded half a dozen donkeys with supplies and set off up the mountain to summit the Shandrakani Pass. We had faint hopes of making it across the mountain range into the ancient village of Milana, the ground zero of India's hash production, which until recently was not accessible by road. We'd seen man's monuments to God now we were here to gaze upon the real deal, nature. The mountain women and men of Manali are another natural marvel. Strong as an ox, fit as a fiddle, and headstrong as his holiness. They have the capacity to walk long distances at radical inclines, carrying massive packs, and live long, healthy, happy lives. Rich with money, no, but health is real wealth up here and everywhere. As we set out on the mission to the top of the mountain, we were greeted by sunny skies and a mystical forest. Then the weather changed and we got absolutely hammered by rain, wind, sleet and freezing temperatures. A mishap with the donkeys on the slippery muddy slope sent us scattering in all directions. The herd carrying the giant gas bottles, tents and supplies had panicked in the midst of us on a vertical incline and sent us running for our lives. Proper skits. 
Somehow, amidst all odds in this raging inferno of nature, we still managed to roll and smoke a couple of joints. We timed it for a bit of morale in the afternoon, but it did nothing to numb the pain. Maybe it even added to it as we pushed through the final two hours to make a soggy camp with wet blankets and clothes just beneath the snow line. I was I was wringing wet with sweat and then it poured with rain and that's when the sort of that voice in my head started that, you know, you're too old, you're too slow, you can't do this, you sh- why are you even doing this? And then, yeah, and then we got about an hour and a half away from the top, I just sort of pushed that away and was like, no, oh, you, you've, you've got to push through this, Christy, please. Come on, Smythe. That's what I say to myself. Come on, Smythe, you can do this. And we got about, yeah, about an hour and a half and I honestly thought, okay, Smythe, you might die. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure you actually can do this. And, uh, ooh, this is fucking hard. <laughs> So I, you guys are all ahead at this stage, like probably a bit. And um, Bunny and Imogen were sort of near me and I was like, oh, just go, you guys. I feel so bad. Um, just leave me. And I, I crouched down and I looked over the side of the mountain and I had a little cry, one of the many, <laughs> a little cry. And I was just like, yeah, just push through. Just push through. You can just push through. And they're like, honestly, it's an it's an hour or so to go. It's nothing. You've got this. And and yeah, so I sort of stood up and uh, had a drink of water and gritted my teeth. And um and yeah, and I pushed through that last hour and a half. And you guys were there and sitting, and I could see you and Bunny and and Emma had walked ahead and. I got to that bit where I could see you and when the camp was setting up and um, I'm probably going to cry, sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I just I looked over and I knew that you guys probably couldn't see my face all that well, but you could see that it was me and I just stopped and I just went, I'm so fucking proud of you. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. Um, I love you, you know, and the whole intention for the trip, the whole trip was about self-love, you know, about learning how to love me and be proud of me. We'd made it 3,700 metres in a day, going steep uphill, only to watch the Manali men, most of whom were Bunny's relatives, run ahead and set up camp. They had a fire going in minutes, a big cooking tent set up with hot beans and dal boiling in pots, endless amounts of their traditional ghee melting and our sleeping bags and belongings drying out in the heat. Along with Bunny and Imogen and limited help from the team, the Manali men set up four large tents and we piled in on top of each other to stay warm with a view of the most insane mountain ranges you've ever seen straight out the tent flap. Probably say I've, I've experienced what I felt that day twice. And it was that day and, and obviously giving birth to the most incredible human in the whole world, my Tully. <laughs> um, but those two experiences where you were just like, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. and it, And... Yeah, there are no words. There's no words to explain. 
For two nights, we camped out under the full moon and stars, spending our days watching tiny pilgrims miraculously emerge out of the clouds on a distant snowy ridge on their way from Milana to perform ceremony. The sun shone, clouds came and were gone, and the rain mostly held off. In the day, we summited the pass, took our seat at the feet of the gods and meditated on the ridge, taking in mystic 360-degree views of valleys, of villages, of eagles and of endless Himalayan mountains. Water flowed, mist and cloud gathered. Stillness reigned.